absolutely. It depends on the uh, COR of the flagstick, so the Coefficient Restitution flagstick. In U.S. Opens, I'll take it out, and uh, every other tour event, when it's uh, fiberglass, I'll leave it in and bounce that ball against the flagstick if I need to. Welcome, podcast patrons, to the Leave the Pin In podcast. I'm your host, Dan, and we have been in church for the last week in Augusta. Scott, can I get an Amen. You can definitely get an amen. You can get uh, all of the can I get a whatever that you want because you can get a hallelujah because the Church of Tiger um, has just ended its annual sermon and it, a, it is good. I have been to the mountaintop and I have seen it was a good greatness. Sunday mass today, Scotto. A good Sunday mass. Uh, uh, I'm not crying, you're crying. I mean, we're sitting here, and we're about to talk about Tiger Woods winning his 15th major championship and fifth green jacket. Like, I cannot get the smile off my face. Uh, so, I, I, like, I was out at a, a, a party, uh, and to be honest with you, I have no idea what went on at that party. Uh, there was a, a couple TVs that had the tournament on, and I was watching it, and I was like, nah, it's not going to happen, it's not going to happen, and, and then it did. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, definitely we, with we you on the smile. Everybody, my whole family, we watched the last few holes together, they watched with me, and when he hit that last putt that almost went in, second to last putt, I guess I should say, um, and we knew he was going to win. Like, you knew it was going to happen. It was it was predestined. And he hit that putt and almost went in, and we almost felt a sense of, like, letdown, like, oh, it should have been that. And then he steps over the putt, and I looked at everyone, and I said, this just does not even seem real. I couldn't even put it into words. I mean... This is my favorite athlete. I know yours as well. My favorite golfer of all time. My favorite mm-hmm. athlete of all time. Someone that I've cheered for, rooted for, for the last 25 plus years. A man that you have seen at the mountaintop. A man that you have seen below the depths of hell. Come back with just these redemptive qualities which have been... I mean, unbelievable. It's like, you know how sometimes we're talking about church at Augusta, right? You know how sometimes people are like, oh, I'm born again. I feel like Tiger Woods, as far as a golfer goes, because we don't know him personally, I feel like the man is born again. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. He has literally been to, to the top of the sport. He has been... Uh, as deep to the rock bottom as possible. I, I mean, I, I remember after the the, the DUIRS, uh, I, I remember texting you like rock bottom question mark, and he did hit rock bottom, and there was nowhere to go but up. And for him, nowhere to go but up is is outer space. So, yeah, I mean, this is it's the greatest redemption Ever. story in sports history. Ever. That, yeah, and, and that's not even hyperbole. The mythological that, phoenix yeah. rising 
from self-inflicted ashes. Right? Yeah, I mean, that, that's me so true. If you had somebody that, that something bad had happened to them and it wasn't through their own fault and they got to this level, it would be more of a redemptive story. But this is a man whose own self-inflicted demons caused him to literally fall from the highest of highs and then crawl amongst the floor of the lowest of lows. And it just proves that nobody writes your story but you. This, this, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I look, I, I, I know for a fact tonight there's going to be times where I'm speechless because I have told people over and over, like, just believe. Like, you have no idea this man's commitment to the game, uh, commitment to himself, commitment to his family. Like, you don't, you don't get it, you know, because in golf, I think we have this awesome, innate ability to feel like we really understand the golfers because we struggle with the same things they struggle with in their games. You know, we get high as, as, as ever for a great round and we get low when we, you know, can't break a hundred the next day. So you kind of feel like you almost know them cause you're going through those things, you know, like I don't feel like I know the New York jets, you know what I mean? Cause I don't have an arrest record. I don't get beat up uh, and hit 30 times a game. You know, do you, no, uh, to either. No. Um, no. I, no definitely I, not to either. The hitting, the hitting. Sometimes yeah, I hit myself because they're so bad. I, but. Sorry to break uh, kayfabe here, but there are uh, fire alarms going off in my house right now. It literally must be co- must be because of Tiger Woods. Yeah, well, yeah. You sounded the alarm because Tiger has literally set the world on fire yeah. by winning this tournament. Uh Hold on just a sec, buddy. All right, people, we're back. Yeah. Uh, my house is not on fire, thankfully. Uh, the only thing on fire today was Tiger Woods and the golf course. Am I right, Scott? He was definitely on fire. Um, made some great putts when it you know, was important. And he just kind of laid back, waited for the people around him to crumble. It's exactly the game plan I would have taken if I were him. Um, because, you know, he's got all the experience in the world of that course. And he's out there playing with Francesco Molinari and Tony Finau. You know, great golfers, but they haven't been in that spot before at Augusta. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so again, just holes, smart game plan. And, you know, it was... Uh, a fire game plan, as it were. Tonight, that could take Tiger Woods down. I thought this is a replay of last year's Open Championship, where everyone wanted Tiger to win, but Molinari, being the amazing iron player that he is, and still probably the best in the world, even though Tiger won today, um, thought he was going to be able to do it. And then, and I realize now, you know, certain things happen for certain reasons, and at certain times, and I guess. We just weren't ready for Tiger to win the Open Championship. You know, his his next major just wouldn't have been the same across the pond. There, there's there's a, a reverberation of this win that I think is a hundredfold 
over what it would be if he won the PGA, the U.S. Open last year, or the Open Championship. There is something about it being Augusta and the Masters, and you know that's where his first major was won. Um, So having his you know his first major since uh, everything went crazy in his life, uh, that it does kind of make sense. Nice nice mirror image um, happening right there. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I definitely agree there. Um, <laughs> I, I hadn't even thought about that, but you're you're absolutely right. Um, I'd also like to note he came from behind, which you know supposedly Tiger doesn't do. Um, but well, I know a few Perkins waitresses that would beg to differ. Oof. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, we're going there, huh? <laughs> I do. I love the guy. I had to. <laughs> he'd probably laugh about it now, too. Oh, he would. Yeah, he'd just be like, yep, that's fine. I, I got five of these jackets now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, he, he even referenced it. He said the first time I've ever come from behind to win. Um, it's, uh, yeah, Scott, it was everything and more. And if you're not a sports fan, you could enjoy it. If you were not a golf fan, you could enjoy it. If you were a golf fan, you were probably through the roof. And if you were old-timers, you know, like you and I, who watched him through all three U.S. amateur wins, it, it's just uh, it's a very special golf day. I'll, I'll, let me put it in perspective this way for people out there. My oldest son is 12 years old, big into golf, loves Tiger Woods. Right, loves Tiger Woods because I love Tiger Woods. My son at 12 years old had never seen Tiger Woods win a major championship. He was born three months after Tiger won the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines, mm-hmm. right, beating Rocco Mediate in the playoff. So my son's 12-year life, his entire lifetime, Tiger Woods has never won a major. Tiger Woods wasn't even quote-unquote, Tiger Woods. Um, so for him to see that today, and for both my kids to see that today, uh, it just shows how truly amazing this man's game is. Like you say, greatest of all time, because he is multi-generational. I mean, this man has been doing this for two and a half decades. That's unbelievable when, when you think about it in the terms of sports longevity. Yeah, I mean, what is it? It's 22 years between 97 and now? Yeah. So, <laughs> that's a that's a, a career for a lot of professional athletes. Uh, and Tiger's still going. So Yeah, well, hell, a career. That's, that's three times, the, uh, you know, the career oh. of, of most pro athletes. Oh, absolutely. But I'm saying for... For people who are, you know, considered to have like, you know, no longevity, gosh. that you know, that twenty-two years is a crazy long career. To be great for that entire twenty-two years is almost unheard of. Yeah, it's just it's astronomical when you look at some of his numbers. Like when he was winning, he was winning tournaments at a at a, at a twenty-six percent clip. Like who wins one out of every four golf tournaments they enter? I mean, it's insane. Uh, Tiger Woods does that because right. he's Tiger Woods. I mean, most guys, it. most guys would would be completely. If you took one year 
an average year for Tiger Woods, right? Let's let's say which was an average year was let's say four to five wins and a major, right? You mm-hmm. took that year, a single year, and this is a man who plays the smallest schedule, the, the most condensed schedule on tour. You take one year and you give it to any other pro and they would probably take it as a lifetime career accomplishment. Yeah, I mean, if if someone told me that today, like, listen, you can start over and be a PGA Tour golfer. You're only going to get five wins and the one major. Uh, I think most, and I think most golfers would have a hard time saying no to that. Right. Um, like, if you took a guy on the, on the web.com tour and say, hey, you've got your card for next year, and instead of you playing out your career, we'll give you right now the money and fame for four wins and a major. I think 95% of the guys jump on that. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, think like, like, like Ben Crane has five tour wins. If you threw him a major right now, does that change your opinion of Ben Crane? It totally. I think. Yeah, see, I, I, I think he's more along the lines of like a Danny Willett. You know what I mean? He's got the major, but eh, it's it's a it's a um, it's a uh, who's the guy that won uh, the PGA on the in the playoff? Uh, Sean McKeel. Okay. Right, like you're a Sean McKeel to me. You know, you're a Todd Hamilton at the Open Championship. You're you're a dude that stole a championship off of someone that was more worthy. Uh, I, I mean, yeah, totally. But you still get to be a major champion forever. So. Oh yeah, no, believe me, those things are awesome. Like you and I will always have Rich Beam dancing on the 18, on the seventy second hole of the PGA Championship. I can't get that out of my head. Always gonna have that. <laughs> All right, look, we could talk Tiger nonstop for hours and hours, uh, but let's get into some tournament notes because this, I, I, I don't know if you want to call it the Super Masters. I don't know if you want to call it Augusta 2.0, but this was something special this year. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And there was a little bit of everything going on. And and let me preface Scott by saying I'm not just saying that because Tiger won. Like if Molinari would have hung in there, if Finau would have taken it, if Kepka, if DJ Shoffley would have held on, it's still a phenomenal tournament. Like Tiger winning it puts it through the moon. Like, that's next-level atmosphere stuff right there. Yeah, that's just the, that's the icing on the cake right there. Yeah, that, yeah, that's that's having your cake and eating it too, right? But regardless, this tournament was fantastic. Um, but we've got some good, some good points. Uh, hopefully the people saw this. Now, tell me you saw Zach Johnson on 13 hitting his ball with the practice swing as it ricochets off the tee marker. So, uh, oddly enough, I, I played a round of golf on Friday, and I did almost exactly the same thing. I did not hit the tee marker. I, I sliced one into a water hazard. Um, <laughs> he has a, a you know, par three. It's kind of like a little island green, and um, I, I went to take a practice swing, and I was obviously a little bit too close to it, and the ball went about 30 yards Took a really strong slice, splash right in the water hazard. I was just glad no one was, else was around to see it. It was it was that bad. Unfortunately for Zach Johnson, everyone got to see his. Yeah, I, I 
you know, I like Zach Johnson. Um, he's a weird-looking dude, but I like Zach Johnson. He wears big mitts, big gloves. Uh, over at the fried egg, they, they call him big mitts. But I, I like him. I like him because he's a good wedge player, you know, and, and uh, he's kind of built like me in that stature. So I like that he's not the longest guy off the tee. So I find some, some common ground there. Um, I love him after this now because he was able to kind of take the piss out of himself and Poulter and Kucher are up there with him. And mm-hmm. he looks and he's like, uh, uh, what do I do? And they're like, dude, it wasn't intentional. Like, you're good. And the new rule clarifies that. So it's not a penalty or anything like that. But uh, he goes to put on the tee and take his practice swings again. You can tell like Poulter and Kucher like holding it in, you know, like biting their tongues and stuff. And he goes, hey, y'all can laugh. He goes, that's embarrassing as hell. And then they just started dying up there. Yeah, and and that's the thing. So good job not taking yourself too seriously. Um, You know, obviously, you know, no need to because it's not a penalty. Things happen. Honestly, I I, I can't say that I haven't done it before Friday because I've done it a few times. It it just happens. You lose kind of a little focus where you are and take a little quick practice swing, and next thing you know, you've advanced the ball a little bit. Yeah, that's no, all good. I've done it too. I, I I guarantee that there's anyone out there that tells you they haven't done it is probably lying to you. Yeah, exactly. We Ex- all, almost witnessed the end of an era instead of the coronation of the king when a security guard <sighs> ran at, at Augusta. First off, Scott, do you run at Augusta? Uh, no, you're, you're not supposed to. They make it very clear, do not run. Um, Remember when and, you were a little kid and we used to go to the pool and we oh, yeah. get so excited to go off the diving board? What would the lifeguard say to us, Scott? No running. No running. So uh, Dan Urban, you know, Wheatcroft's caddy, mm-hmm. texted me and said, Dude, look at what happens when you run at Augusta. One, patrons get thrown out. Two, Tony Finau dislocates his ankle. And three, you almost kill Tiger. So stop running. Yeah, the the replay of that, like, it, it it's so scary because it looks like he's running right at him. It's some Three Stooges comedy right there, this guy. And I I saw, you know, I, I saw it live and I was just like what just happened there? Because there's that, like, brief minute where in your head it's like, uh-oh, something really bad's happening. Right, and then the camera cut right to the green. You saw you saw the instant impact. You saw Tiger, like, do that hop, skip, jump, hobble thing, and then it cut right to the green, and the announcers mentioned it, but you didn't know if someone fell, if someone attacked him, if someone tried to jump on him. Right, exactly, and that, that, my first thought was, oh my god, some crazy guy just tackled Tiger out on the golf course, Exactly, this is going to be a problem, Um, and then they show the replay, and I'm just like, oh, that security guard was trying to tackle Tiger, and then I'm like, oh wait, no, he wasn't, he just doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah, and, and the thing is, like, I get he's trying to do his job. But I feel like the decorum at, at the National is is such that even the fans that are 
hooting and hollering and might be a little bit overserved aren't necessarily like trying to touch him or pat him on the back. They just they want to be around, you know. So they wanted to kind of like follow out where he was going so they could kind of see the shot towards the green. It didn't look like anyone was trying to act malicious towards him. Uh, no, and and to be honest with you, short of like a security guard blindsiding him. Uh, who's really gonna take Tiger down? Like if they if they face him up head on. Yeah, Lee Trevino said it best. One time at the U.S. Open when he was going against Jack, everyone wanted to see Jack win. No one wanted to see Trevino win. And they said something along the lines of, and I'm paraphrasing here. They said, "What if a fan got out of hand and tried to attack you?" He goes, I got 14 clubs in this bag. He goes, you think I'm worried about one guy? He says, why would someone attack me? I've got clubs. Yeah, and, and if you read, you know, all the, the Tiger books, he's apparently well-versed in unarmed combat. So, <laughs> he's got a golf club with him, too, so. Yeah, I mean. I, just, just let him go. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got 128 mile per hour swing speed, you know, club head speed. I, I wouldn't want to be taking a nine iron off of uh, off the dome piece, you know? No, not at all. Not all right, at all. So a security guard falling down. Did you see Kiradesh fall down on Friday? No, that I did not see. <laughs> all right, you got to look it up. It looked like Humpty Dumpty. He's wearing yellow. Kiradesh is a big, like his last name says, a mm. big fat barn rat. Um, he tried to hit like this slinging draw and with him turning the club over to the left in his foot position and the, it got wet, he slips and literally just like falls down on his butt. It looked like Humpty Dumpty. Hold on, I'm typing it. Looking yeah, it's... Uh, oh, here it is. It was great. Like, it's literally great. He just looks like a fat kid that was like, you know what, I'm out of breath, I'm sitting down. I'm not playing anymore. I'm taking my ball, going home. Uh, yeah, well, what I found is not a video, it's like freeze frame photographs of the entire thing <laughs> and yeah it the, yeah that's i mean a, so fr- that yeah, is a fr- bright yellow shirt too bright yellow yeah yeah he sticks out there you know him and and, and it was funny because he was hitting the jewel on the range uh before and like trying to sneak it uh, dude's hilarious dude is just just absolutely bonkers and uh i can't wait till his english gets a little bit better and he's cool doing interviews um, with the press in complete, complete English because the things he has to say are just unbelievable. Listen to the No Laying Up podcast. Uh, yeah, it is, I listen to it. Yeah, it's so good. He hit that shot to 20 feet, so. Yeah, it was a great shot. I mean, he literally put movement on the ball, so much movement that his lower body couldn't mm-hmm. hold on to it. Um, Friday, Friday. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe go with the metal spikes. <laughs> right, right. Not for you amateurs out there, but for someone like him, it's fine. Friday was nuts. Saturday moving day was even crazier. Webb shoots a 64. Patrick Cantley, who makes the cut by a stroke, shoots a 64. It actually held part of the lead today. And then Tony Finau also shoots 64 and then sets an Augusta record by shooting a 30 on the first nine. What did you think about those scores, Scott? Do you think they were out there? I th- Well, it, it was Saturday, and I feel like they, the way they can set that course up, you know, they can set it up so, uh, you know, balls are going to run towards pins, and I think they like that on Saturday and Sunday. They like that, 
you know, we're going to let people, if they have their game going, they're, they're going to be able to shoot low scores. And I think Augusta tricks out the course in such a way that there's going to be some fireworks, and there were. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I thought it was a lot of fun to watch. Jeff Ogilvy says that Augusta can be a very easy course for amateurs to play from the right tees, but it can also be a very difficult course for the pros because you could go through, play 10 years at Augusta, and hit basic shots, middle of greens, shoot away from flags, finish top 30, maybe top 10 one year if you drop some putts, but never have a chance to contend, but make some nice checks. But Augusta is the type of course where if you truly wanted to win, at some point in time, you need to take on pins. And in order to take on pins at Augusta, you need to hit ballsy shots. And in order to hit those shots, you need to be on your game. And you can't manage misses because you just can't miss the targets. Um, And I thought that was so interesting because today, you referenced it before, Tiger had a game plan, let everybody come back to him, let everyone else make mistakes, let everyone kind of breathe in that Tiger aura because it was out there and it was present on the course today. And he did just that. And he knew when to attack and when not to. And I think the best uh, visual of that for the fans out there was number 12. Bonari hits it into the water. Place goes nuts. Totally agree. Right? Tiger steps up and almost becomes like a match play scenario. And he goes, well, you know what? There's my closest competitor. I'm going to do what Jack always says to do on number 12. Worst comes to worst, and push comes to shove, and you need to hit a shot, hit it between the two bunkers. So Tiger takes it all the way out. He's dry, right? You texted me that. He's dry. And then what does Tony Finau do, Scott? Right right in the water. Right in the water. Uh, That was... Unbelievable, and I think that will go down as the turning point of that round. In my head, that is where the, uh, you know, uh, I'm Tiger Woods and you're not was most evident. Um, And I think that was where Molinari and Finau felt it the most as well. I can't agree more. I cannot agree more. The other thing I noticed, too... Tell me if you notice this or if you think I'm being crazy. Back in the past, any one of the other four teammates, I don't care, pick one. It's irrelevant. Tiger was hyper-competitive mode. I mean, you could see it. It emanated from him. Today, it's almost like it was preordained, like the man knew he was going to win. He's walking around, shoulders back, chest out, head held high, chewing gum, Chatting to Joey, steps up, Molinari hitting the water. All right, cool, whatever, dude. I'll put it on the green. Saunters back to the bag. Fina, you know, Finau pumps it in the water. Yeah, cool. I'm gonna walk ahead of you guys. Have fun dropping. Gets up to 13. Rips this draw tee shot around the bend. That was one of the best drives on that hole I've ever seen. Yep. And did you notice he almost feigned like this foot slip? 
and looked down at his foot and was like, huh, yeah, look at that, my foot slipped, but I still pured it. It's just another one of those head trip things he puts people on that are playing with him. Let me ask you this question. You tell me what you think, because I, I have my opinion. The fact that they went out in threes and he finds himself in the last group, it does the tournament play out the way it does if they go out in twos and he's in the second to last group? I thought about that a lot. I only can say, I can't predict, I can't play what if, right? I, no, I, not at all. Like I can tell you this. The more people that he's playing with that are in his specific group, the more people he has influence over. Does that make sense? It definitely does. Because so there's that, that Tiger Woods gamesmanship out there. Right. He single-handedly took out Molinari and Tony Finau. Now, Xander Shoffley made a good point, And this, I thought, was, was awesome as a young player. He said, look... I know they were Tiger Woods roars back there. You know they were Tiger Woods roars back there. He goes, but what I tried to do is I tried to use that as a wave of momentum to keep pushing me forward, to keep telling myself, hey, I've got to make birdies. I've got to make eagle. I've got to drop these putts because I know what that man's doing back there. Whereas 10, 15 years ago, someone his age goes, oh, those are Tiger Woods roars. I'm not going to catch them. Yeah, that that's definitely true. I I think uh, I I think outwardly they're not afraid of him anymore, but I think inside it's still, oh man, that's Tiger. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't necessarily think they're afraid anymore. And people were. Like don't get me wrong. I think back in the day, people were just downright afraid. I Ernie Els has basically said it. Right. And people are going to look towards Molinari and say, come on. Like, are you guys kidding me? Look what happened to him. Look, it happened to Justin Spieth, too. Uh, Jordan George Spieth, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, happened to Jordan Spieth, too. And, you know, the dude was leading himself. It's not like anyone was chasing him named Tiger. Um, those things happen. Like, there is tons of implosion areas at Augusta. Unfortunately, it just happened after the dude had gone 50 straight holes with no bogeys. Yep, exactly. Yep, that's true. I mean, so I don't necessarily think people are scared, but it's got to be a real lonely feeling out on the course, especially at Augusta, which is such... People are so close, yet can be so far away at times, and you can almost seem like you're trapped in this little bubble. And when you're playing with Tiger, you know everyone's eyes are on you. So it's got to be extremely intimidating when... You know the only person out there rooting for you is you and your caddy. And every single other person wants you to fail. Because I'm going to tell you what, Scott, I don't know too many people, and I don't think there were many people on Augusta's grounds that wanted Molinari to win. Yeah, no, that's true. And honestly, any other week, if Molinari's up there, Finau's up there, I, I'm pulling for him. I, I, not today. Yeah. There's only I mean, there's only one guy I was cheering for. My kids were happy when Molinari shot went in the water. And like I'm not gonna lie, I was ecstatic. Yeah, I, I yeah. And again, any other week, I don't want that to happen to anyone. Right. 
but except like Patrick Reed. Well, yeah, 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 or you know Sergio when he's like beating up greens and stuff like that. Correct. But it, it's like this weird xenophobic reaction that you have towards anybody that is trying to take Tiger Woods away from you. Yeah, because like we had that moment; it was it was at hand. And you know, if Molinari sticks it to you know three inches there, uh, maybe it's not so at hand. So when he puts it in the water, that's it's like a sigh of relief. Like, okay, this is real. This could happen. There's a really good chance it's going to happen now. You know, don't get up and down. Right. And I and and I'll tell you what. Like, I don't think that sunk Molinari there. I think it was that shot on 15. Like he was literally the submarine man this week. Right, he played mm-hmm. great, and then all of a sudden he just dove. I mean, he just dove down deep. You're talking within three holes, you hit two balls in the water, but the one on fifteen just killed. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree there. Because if he gets, you know, let's say he eagles fifteen, you know, now now it's a completely different story. I mean, now you've got him at. 13 because he finishes at 11 so yeah. you know but instead he, he he goes off the deep end mm-hmm. yeah no I mean, definitely it's, it's definitely crazy. it just took a nosedive yeah he double bogeys it i mean that's that's a possible three although highly unlikely but definitely a four into a seven and that was a tournament for him right there yep no, absolutely. Yeah, no, I mean, that was, yeah, that's where it goes south. I'm just looking at the scorecard. Yeah, that, that stretch from, from 12 through 16 was just, I mean, that's it. It's like a volcano erupted and he got swept up in the lava. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and, and that, so like, and, and so I was watching it live. You were a, a little bit behind. Correct. And uh, I, I kept waiting, 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 waiting until... You kind of, I knew you weren't going to catch up, but just until, like, I knew you were going to be, like, around, like, certain moments. Like, I, you know, like, the shot Tiger hits on 16. Like, I, and that's why I was, like, texting, like, let me know when he gets to 16. Yeah. Because I, because I, just, you, I, I need to share that stuff with someone. And, I, you know, I was, again, with a lot of people, but no one there was really that interested in the golf. And I'm watching it happen. I'm just like, oh, where are you? no i yeah i understand i completely understand um yeah i mean you you look at the scorecard i think what impressed me the most was what a nonchalant and non-talked about second place dj had yeah i mean because it it was all kepka kepka's gonna be you know kep kepka can can win another one kepka can, can stare down tiger again and yeah, he played great. He finished second. Uh, he, he had that putt on 18 where, you know, he had a chance. And it slid past on the left. But DJ seemingly, you know, out of nowhere, shoots 68 today, um, finishes second. DJ, Scott, like, let me run down the leaderboard for people because this is what's more impressive. Mm-hmm. Tiger Woods won his 15th, his fifth green jacket. Yes, that is impressive. But listen to the names and the generational players that I'm about to go off on. TW wins, right? 
DJ second, Xander second, Kepka second, then tied for fifth, Jason Day, Webb Simpson, Molinari, Tony Finau, and then right behind them, John Rahm, Patrick Cantley, Ricky Fowler, Bubba Watson, uh, Justin Thomas, Matt Kuchar, Ian Poulter. It, it's insane. It, it is. I'm just looking it up. I'm just curious how many top tens in a row that is for Ricky Fowler in majors. Oh, God. I, I bet you it's... I bet you it's 10 out of the last 12. Yeah, because he's... He had the one year where he finished top five every year. I think that yeah. was like three years ago. Yeah. He's all... I feel like he's just always in the mix. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, no. Well, whatever. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm wrong. It does feel like he's always in the mix, but... So, yeah, 2014 was the year he was... You know, T five at the Masters, T two at the the U.S. Open and the Open, and then T three at the PGA. Then, yeah, then he had a couple of years where he wasn't in the top ten. Um, yeah, maybe we're still living off of past glory. I don't know. I, just, I, I feel like he's just always kind of around it. Ooh, and, such a good putter. Yeah, and obviously, and obviously, he's you know he he hasn't closed one out. You know, had a chance to close one out yet, and you know. I don't know. Maybe it feels like he's always there because it's always there at the end to right. give guys high fives. Yeah. Did you? Speaking of which, did you see all the people that were there to congratulate Tiger? Yes. Well, and and so <laughs> part of me was like half expecting like the entire field to be like lined up like a tunnel, like holding up their putters for him to walk <laughs> under. I knew it wasn't gonna happen, but part of me was just like, hmm. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was, you know, Bubba was... Uh, Ricky and JT, they don't surprise me because they're kind of like his, you know, his protégés, as it were. Um, and Ricky was going to be there anyway, so, you know, great. Uh, you know, then you had Bubba and, and Zach Johnson and uh, Bernard Longer was there. Yep, so uh, Brooks. Yeah, well, yeah, and Brooks, and Brooks had just finished, and, you know, there was a chance that there was going to be you know, a playoff, I mean, a very slim chance, so he's got to stick around, Um, but yeah, I mean, again, that's just the, the, I don't know there's anyone who gets more respect right now than Tiger, uh, who's actively playing. I agree, because I think people see him not only as a competitor, but, but as Probably a lot of these people now see him as the greatest to ever play. Now, granted, they were not around for Jack. Um, I don't even know if you can make the comparison with the equipment nowadays and all that stuff. But I think everyone wants to be a part of it now. You know, everyone wants a piece. Uh, Yeah, and, and, you know, and, you know, JT and Ricky and, and Jordan Spieth, you know, they've all said, like, you know, without Tiger Woods, we're probably not doing this right now. Right, or at least not for this much money. Uh, well, definitely not for that much money. I think for his 96 win, Tiger won just under half a million dollars. Um, and I think he won just over $2 million for this one. So wow. Yeah, that's it's 2, uh, 20-year two, two span. What's that? Uh, 2070000 Yeah, so, you know, 20-year span, it's gone up, you know, four times. Right, highest purse ever 
for the majors, eleven and a half million total purse. Did you see Poulter at the end standing there and tried to give Tiger the bro handshake and went in for like almost a, a hug and Tiger just kept him just enough at bay because one thing Tiger has is probably the greatest memory in all of sports. And I don't think Tiger will ever forget the interview in which Poulter said, look, when I start to play up to my potential, it's only going to be Tiger and myself. I think it was said with a little British humor, a little taking the piss out of himself, a little tongue in cheek, <laughs> but that's something Tiger never forgot. And I saw that little glimpse today where he kind of cracked a little smile and then gave him like this ice cold dagger stare. And that's probably, and because, and Poulter's my, one of my favorite golfers, but that was probably one of my favorite moments aside from his, him hugging his mom and his kids. Yeah, I mean, that that was cool. And, and yeah, it was it was a cool moment, and I thought it was cool, and I did not need the PGA Tour on CBS to remind me about the Earl Woods hug uh, after the first win, but, uh, of course, anything worth doing is worth overdoing, um, so now that's basically the centerpiece of the PGA Tour's social media, probably for the next three months. Well, that's something more that you can hate on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, thank you for for giving me that uh, ability, PGA Tour. They just um, keep giving you material. I, I, I don't just don't understand why they need to force feed it. Like, let me, it, let me. It's cool. Let, I don't need to be told like this is amazing. Look at this. Let me blow your mind for a second. Go for it. You know how deep we're involved in golf. Obviously, we do this. You know, I mean, otherwise we wouldn't be doing it if we weren't so deep into the game realize and it's mind-blowing to me and to you there are people out there that have never seen tiger woods hug his dad there are people out there that don't understand the impact or woods had on tiger there are junior golfers maybe even adult golfers that have only started playing recently that only know Tiger Woods from his scandals and his DUI arrest. How crazy is that? It, it is crazy, and I, you know, I think it's great that maybe that narrative will change a little bit because now, now that he's got the the you know the major that you know he he needed to win. Now, who knows what happens with him? Because floodgates open for him like for nobody else. And going back to Beth Page and Pebble this year, I, again, crazier things have happened. My buddy Jeremy, remember Jeremy Mangine from Glenbrook, the assistant yep. pro? Yep. All right, of course. So he's a, uh, a pro down in Florida now. And he messaged me and said, glad your boys got to experience and see this. Uh, probably not going to be the last time they do, which is right to your point that you can't give Tiger Woods the knowledge that he can beat everyone in the world. You understand what I mean, Scott? Because now Tiger Woods possesses the knowledge that he can beat everyone in the world. Well, well and not only that, so I, I, I think he moves up to either number five or number six in the world rankings. 
I think part of him is just like, uh, nah, uh, I'm number one, and what do we need to do to do that? Mm-hmm. Oh, win, the, win the PGA Championship? Mm-hmm. Where is it? Oh, Beth Page. Huh, mm-hmm. I won there before. Exactly. That's the way this man's mind works. You're 100% correct. So I want to hate on the PGA Tour even more. As soon as he won, I got a message from the PGA Tour that Tiger has jumped to 13th in the FedEx Cup rankings. Great. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> so, so what you're saying is Tiger Woods might get some more money. Because after everything that just happened, that's what a PGA Tour fan cares about? I, I don't think any like real major golf fan really cares about the FedEx Cup. No. I don't. I like the playoff idea. I like more tournaments in the Northeast, but I don't care about the FedEx Cup. No. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, all I know is that Tiger's got two of them. I think VJ Singh maybe's won one. Yeah, we were there. <coughs> uh, yes, that's right. Well, that did he? I, no, Tiger won that year though. That was the first year. Wait, that he, was the first year. I thought VJ won two of those tournaments that year. Oh no, no, we weren't there when VJ won. We were there when Sergio won the two tournaments, right? Um, am I making stuff up? I, honestly, it'll it's all a blur. I right. That's wait. Was that in Jersey or was that in Westchester? It was probably in both. So the one year we went in at at the Westchester, that I think was the first year, and Tiger just skipped it because he had so many points that it did not matter what happened. He yeah, was definitely gotcha. playing, and that was before they had like the system now. Where it was just accumulated points, and he had so many points that he could have basically taken two weeks off and then gone out and played and still had a chance to win, which was exactly what happened. Right. But see, that's what I'm getting at, Scott. No one cares about the FedEx Cup playoffs. You know what I mean? That's the bottom line. That Sergio VJ duel was pretty cool. I don't remember what year that was either, though. I don't know, but that's when the um, when the CBS camera guy let us hang out with him, and he kind of showed us exactly how um, he set up all the shots and all that stuff. And that was now that I remember it. That was at Ridgewood. Okay, yeah, I so. thought so. We went to two at Ridgewood, and that that one was the best, though. Yeah, I, I've been I've been to a few at Ridgewood. Um, I think I was in, we, you and I have only been to two together, but I've been to a couple there, gotcha. uh, three or four there, and. Um, yeah, that that one was by far the best. All right, uh, I got to get your opinion on this because I cringe every year that it happens. Uh, Butler cabin ceremony, Scott. Thoughts? Uh, I don't know why they need to do two. Like, why can't they just do something out on the green, which they right. do? Just do it out there. I think it's a controlled environment. Yeah, and the, you know it's fine that you know Fred Ridley was the the president of Augusta National. He gets to say his thing, you know. It gives them an opportunity to kind of like, I guess, set up for what's going on on the green. Uh, I, I mean, it, whatever. That's how I feel about it. 
right. I don't. Whatever. I don't like Jim Nance. Uh, yeah, it, it it could do with less Jim Nance. Jim Nance likes to eat burnt toasts. Like like he likes his toast burnt, like black burnt, Scott, like charred. That's weird. I did not know that, and yeah, I don't, I don't, look now I do. I don't trust a guy that wants you to burn his toast. Like that could set off fire alarms, Scott. So you let me know when you read about how crazy Jim Nance is. Uh, I'm going to go and check out some more Jim Nance stories. Wasn't he? He was Fred Couples' roommate in college, yeah. right? Yeah, like in Houston or something. At Houston. You know, Houston. Like Houston, yeah. I don't know where Jim Nance went to college, but that's definitely where Fred Couples went. No, so no, he went I'm, with him. They, yeah, they yeah, I, exactly. Um, I like how Fred Ridley today told Pat Reed at the end. Pat Reed didn't say a word. And then he said, hey, man, uh, you really did a great service to Augusta National sporting that green jacket, and you were a great champion. Uh, I, I tend to disagree. I think he was kind of an ass. Um, I don't think he he performed the duties of an Augusta National champion that great. But Fred Ridley was nice and put on the company face. And I did like at the end, and I, I, I was hoping he would say it, when Tiger was like, yeah, you know what? It fits. But I, I would have loved if he turned to Patrick Reed and go and said something like, uh, uh, thanks for keeping this warm for me. We'll never get another one. Something like that. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I thought that that was a cool moment. Like, oh, it fits. As if he wasn't just wearing that like a few days ago. Right. Because I'm sure they don't break out a new jacket for him. It's just, no, it's uh, the someone, same one. someone go to the closet and get Tiger's jacket. He's going to win. Well, it's funny because Steph Curry tweeted out, like, hey, let me hold one of those five jackets. And I want to be like, Steph, dude, it's only one. He's got one jacket, bro. And, and if I'm correct, he really only gets to leave with it for, like, a couple weeks after the win, and then it goes back. Like, well, he, doesn't, actually, he doesn't have to, like, walk around his house with it. Actually, the champion gets it until the Monday of the following year. So he will get to mm-hmm. keep that jack until the next, you know, 300 and whatever, 59 days now or something like that, 58 days. Um, but if you are a past champion or you're a member, you can only wear the jacket on the ground. So the only person you will ever see wearing the green jacket outside of the grounds of Augusta National is the current champion. That's it. Right, because they do like a little media tour and, you know, the, uh, go out and show off the jacket and you know right, go on right. like Jimmy Fallon or something like that. Yeah, yeah, but he doesn't have to return it until next year. So literally... Uh, his kids can wear it, his wife, his girlfriend can wear it, uh, random people. If he wants to come on the pod and let us yeah. wear it, that's fine. You think, like, like Nota Begay gets to, like, try it on? Oh, yeah, he's wearing it right now. <laughs> well, no, I think um, they have, like, a, a dinner for the champion the day of. Like, you have to, after you win, you have to go to dinner with the members. I, you know, which, you know, yeah. twist, twist my arm, I get to go eat at Augusta again? Oh, no. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I'm sure the members are more than happy with uh, their champion this year, I wouldn't doubt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
Uh, Scott, I got to tell you too. Um, on Instagram, where obviously people can follow us at Leave the Pin, and they can okay. also follow us on Twitter. And why wouldn't you follow us? Right. Uh, Twitter, we're at Leave underscore the underscore Pin. But on Twitter, uh, sorry, Instagram, I entered a contest from Drew underscore Darling. She is uh, kind of a social media influencer for golf. And basically, you had to guess the winning golfer and their score. Well, Scott, guess who won? Uh, well, Tiger won. And I'm guessing that that you, um, that was your prediction. And winning score, there's no way you got that right. Ah, uh, of course there was. So what you're telling me is you, shot in the dark, guessed the winning score. No, I oh. 100% knew what Tiger was going to shoot today. 13 under, for the tournament, I win, box of Pro V1Xs. That's a beautiful thing right there. Right? Right? Look, me and my boy have like this symbiotic relationship. Look, Scott, my mom texted me. Correct, my mom texts. My mom texted me and said, see your boy won. Congrats. <laughs> I had my phone turned upside down so I didn't see any alerts while I was watching. Okay, only to yours. I put a sound on for yours so I knew it was you because I knew you wouldn't give anything away. I literally, not a joke, flipped my phone over after it happened, blown up. 25 text messages from people. Instagram going crazy. Twitter going crazy on all the leave the pin in accounts. It was a good day, Scotto. It was a good day. Yeah, one of my, my neighbors knows I'm a, a huge Tiger fan, and part of me was, like, expecting him to be in my driveway when I got home with, like, a bottle of champagne. Like, this is for you. Congratulations. <laughs> um, but that'll probably come tomorrow. Maybe not with the champagne, but anything's possible. That's, uh, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Scott, anything else? We got we to gotta remind people they can sponsor our podcast and help out. You just go to the anchor page for Leave the Pin In, click the support link, and you can help us out for as little as 99 cents a month or give us as much as you want. We're never going to turn anything down. Yeah, just you want to support the pod? Support the pod. No reason not to. It's spectacular. I would also like people to know that uh, that they can go on Instagram or Twitter and use the hashtag Leave the Pin In and tag us in that, and we'll give them shout-outs during, you know, the show. So for today, we want to give a shout-out on Instagram to Swing Juice, Oahu Golf Apparel, uh, and Drew Darling, who all use the hashtag Leave the Pin In on this amazing Sunday that Tiger Woods won. The, uh, yeah, I mean, thank you to, uh, to those people for their support, and, you know, Leave the Pin In, it's, it's a... It's, it's happening. Join the revolution. Hands down, hands down. Um, so, Scott, anything else for this week? Nah. Next, we move on now. It's uh, you know, what do we have? A little over a month till the next major, right in our old backyard, Beth Page. Yep. Yep. So, going to be a fun little ramp up for that. And, and we're going to Harbor Town next week. Heading back down to the Low Country. I like Harbor Town, actually. That's a fun tournament. Yeah, you know why it's so cool? Because it's so different from Augusta. Yes. Like, the courses could not be any more different. 
True, very true. And you know you're going to see one of the following people on the first page of the leaderboard. Ready? Ben Crane, hmm. uh, Zach Johnson, um, who else? Uh, world, former world number one, Luke Donald. Yeah, I, I feel like Davis Love plays well there. Yep, well, he's... Uh, uh, he's the tournament host, so I, I feel like that's like his like wait, chance to shine. Wait, is the tournament shine. host for there? Mm, I thought he was, but I maybe was not. I when they go to Sea Island. When they go oh, to, yeah, 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 he's, yeah, he's the Sea Island one. Georgia. Yeah, it's the Sea Island one. But, uh, you know, that's a course where good ball strikers, good iron players that don't have to be necessarily that long off the tee excel. Jim Furyk, he's another one. Remember Boo Weekly won like two years in a row? Mm, Cooch always plays well there. It's uh, it's. I tell you what, when you look at some of the tee shots, it's a very intimidating course. Uh, it's it's another Pete Dye, you know, diabolical, you know, visual, you know, I'm gonna mess with your head by putting this bunker, even though it's not really in play. It looks like it is. Yeah, and all those old oaks encroach so much on the fairways there. True. Which is very typical for most of those, you know, marshland, low country, south, North Carolina, Georgian courses. Hmm. Yeah, no, it's a fun tournament. I'm looking yeah. looking forward to that. More looking forward to the PGA being a Beth Page. Yeah, no, just, that should be cool. Just throwing it out there. Yep, I can only imagine how raucous the Long Island fans will be for Tiger. Oh, it's going to be... He has won the first major. It's going to be nuts. Mind you, the only man with a shot at the Grand Slam right now, Mr. Eldrick Taunt Woods. That's great. And uh, you know what? One more thing we should mention. Roy McIlroy has got to wait another year to get the career Grand Slam. Yeah, well, that's if it ever occurs. Yeah, have a shot at it. Yeah, I think he's point. too good of a player for it not to, but you know what, Scott? When that starts to weigh on you... Mm, true. Sometimes true, true. the space between your mind is uh, is your worst enemy. Gotcha. Uh, one thing I should point out, I, yeah. I will put our um, our final you know fantasy results up on Instagram tomorrow. Uh, just gotta wait to see the the final report on all the purse. Well, and I made, I made three million one hundred forty nine thousand and like seventy six bucks with my players. Uh, you're probably higher than that, actually. No, that's what it is. I did it already because we used oh. your same one at uh, work, which I did not win. Oh, well, if it's already up, I'll, I'll have it done later tonight. Yeah, it's up. All right, cool. Up. All right, good deal. Uh, so what? Normally we say get busy golfing or get busy dying, but I think it is only appropriate, Scott, tonight to say thank you for worshiping at the altar of Tiger Woods in the Church of Augusta. May you all go in peace. Amen.